Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, this is Jacqueline Smith. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television. Michael Sloan will join us in our second hour. Michael Sloan, creator and producer of the Equalizer television series starring Edward Woodward, as well as the producer of the box office hit Equalizer feature motion pictures starring Denzel Washington and the author of the best-selling Equalizer novels. Michael Sloan also wrote for and produced some of the most popular TV shows throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, including episodes of McCloud, Columbo, The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, the revival of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, as well as Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, and Harry O, starring David Jansen. How Michael got the equalizer on the air is one of many examples of how serendipity has graced his career in television. We'll talk about that and more when Michael Sloan joins us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will begin this hour by playing part two of our conversation with Marvin J. Wolf. Marv Wolf, screenwriter, novelist, and raconteur, non-parel. Marv is with us via Zoom. His latest book, They Were Soldiers, The Sacrifices and Contributions of Our Vietnam Veterans, profiles 50 men and women who not only served in Vietnam, but went on to make further sacrifices and important contributions to their community and the country at large, while often overcoming the animosity that society had toward the Vietnam War. They Were Soldiers is a collaboration with Joseph L. Galloway, New York Times bestselling author of the We Were Soldiers books, and, like Marv Wolf, a decorated Vietnam veteran. They Were Soldiers, available in a hardcover and as an ebook through Nelson Books, an imprint of Thomas Nelson. You can also find it at Amazon.com, where books are sold online. The audiobook edition of They Were Soldiers is available through Audible. Marv Wolf is also the author of the Rabbi Ben mystery series, Rabbi Ben, crime solving rabbi that one reader once described as a Jewish 007. You have a new Rabbi Ben novel coming out soon. I want to ask you. It went out because my publisher, who was also my agent, uh, fled New York, can't blame him, had, had a little cabin up in Vermont, took his wife and his kids and went up to Vermont. So he hasn't. We haven't published that one yet, but it's called Bride of, Bride of Finkelstein. Bride of Finkelstein. All right, well, when, well, for, for, first of all, author to author, I understand how publishing and distribution has shut, has shut down, like most everything has shut down over the past uh, two months. So the fact that you have a book out and available, that's always good news. So I commend you and congratulations, Marv. But when... When the next Rabbi Ben book comes out and is available to the public, we will have you back on. But um, we've talked. Let me back you up a minute. It is true that the the nexus of book publishing in the United States is New York City, mm-hmm. and no, no city has had more deaths from the COVID nineteen virus than New York. But this is a strange, strange but true story. Harper Collins is one of the big four publishers. Yes. 
it's uh, has it's basically an English company that bought an American, an older American company. And several years ago, they bought uh, a Christian publishing company in Tennessee. Thomas Nelson Books. Thomas Nelson Books. Well, uh, the Christian publishing business, to be uh, frank about it, has gone to hell. <laughs> <laughs> all the, there used to be thousands of Christian bookstores all over the country, and there aren't. So Thomas Nelson decided that before they folded up their tent, they would try a different direction. They would, they would try to publish inspirational books. And this is an inspirational book. It certainly is. And I, I want to I mention one other thing about them. I could never had better relations with my editor, with the head of marketing, with the production people. They just bent over backwards to accommodate us. They're just wonderful people. But what it meant was, instead of having people working from home in New York, you have people working from home in, in Tennessee, yeah. in Nashville. But very good people. They know what they're doing. They were very, very high on this book. And I should tell you that it was t turned down by 26 previous publishers. Well, that makes its publication all the worthwhile because in, in the sense that sometimes it takes a while bef before you find the right home for any property. And sometimes you have an agent that gives up, but I don't. They were soldiers available in a hardcover and as an ebook through Nelson Books, an imprint of Thomas Nelson. You can also find it at Amazon.com, where books are sold online. The audiobook edition of They Were Soldiers is available through Audible. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I want to mention one other thing about the audio book. Okay. This, this was kind of a marketing ploy. You know, e-books are recorded by professionals. Yeah. The marketing uh, woman, she's very, very, very smart. Yeah. Very, very, very together, very hip. She said, is there any way that you and Joe could go to either uh, Atlanta, this is really at the start of the shutdown, either at, go to Atlanta or to uh, here to Nashville. Marv and Joe are both based in North Carolina. And narrate the introduction and the uh, foreword which we had written. I mean, we, we wrote it all, but mm -hmm. this is all written in our, own, in our own voice. Yeah. So we did. We went down. Joe lives in Concord, North Carolina. It's a suburb of Charlotte to the north, mm -hmm. northeast. So we met in the gas station of a, a Costco in Spartanburg, South Carolina, at 7 in the morning. It was just amazing. We came from two different directions, and we got there two minutes before I did. <laughs> I had, I had timed it pretty good. So I filled my tank, and he left his car, and we drove down to a suburb of Atlanta called, it's near Marietta. Uh, There's a battle, a Civil War battle, baseball commissioner. Oh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Yes, yeah, so this is a little town called Kennesaw, and there was a guy there who had a very nice house in what used to be the maid's quarters upstairs. He had turned into a studio. Mm -hmm. he, he did about 30 audiobooks a year with talent in uh, 
Atlanta. So we went in there, and uh, Joe read. We had a little makeshift recording studio. We went in there. He, Joe did his, and then I did mine. One take each. Wow. And away we went. Flew on the way, drove all the way back. So you can hear the voice of Marv Wolf in the audiobook of They Were Soldiers, as well as the voice of Joe Galloway. And, and as regular listeners of our program know, Marv is a great storyteller. And so it's an extra added dimension. So this was a marketing point because they put all our names on it, say narrated by yeah. Joe Galloway, Marvin Wolf, and then this guy who spent you know weeks doing the whole thing. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the audiobook of They Were Soldiers available, uh, which 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 includes the voices of Joseph Galloway and Marvin J. Wolf, available through Audible. The the hardcover and the ebook of They Were Soldiers also available through Nelson Books, an imprint of uh, Harper Collins, as well as Amazon.com and wherever fine books are sold. We, we've mentioned some of the people that you've profiled in They Were Soldiers. Is there anything else about the book or any other story that you want our listeners to know about that I haven't asked you already? Well, there's two. I'd like to elaborate a little bit on this business of how we were treated when we came home. And I will tell you a story which is not in the book, that's about me. When I came home, I spent a few days with my family. I spent a few days with looking for my friends who had all been drafted or had fled the country. And I had 45 days delay en route to Fort Benning, Georgia for my next assignment. I had never been in New York, so I bought a car. I came home with $4,000 in cash, which is a lot of money in 1966, <laughs> yes. because I had nowhere to spend my money. Yeah. It all it all went into the bank, and, and they also encouraged us to deposit it in a savings account where they paid ten percent interest. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I probably made six thousand dollars that year, and I had four thousand dollars left. Yeah. So I bought a Volkswagen for two thousand dollars cash. I bought a couple of suits. I bought some civilian clothes, and I got in my car, and I took my sweet time driving across the country. I wanted to feel what it was like to be an American again and to savor all the things we didn't have in Vietnam, clean water, cold water, hot water, clean sheets, hamburgers cooked to order, yeah. hamburgers. That <laughs> uh, so I drove across the country, I stopped in small towns, I told nobody who I was, I just took my time and finally... I, I drove over the uh, Verrazano Narrows Bridge into Fort Hamilton. The Verrazano Narrows Bridge goes across, believe it or not, to Verrazano Narrows, which is the channel that goes into New York Harbor. Mm -hmm. So I found myself at the southern tip of Brooklyn at Fort Hamilton, which is no longer an active fort. And for $2 a night, it was $2 American, I got a hotel room, not a hotel room, a bachelor, a visiting officer's quarters. It wasn't much of a room, but it was clean. Mm -hmm. I had a cousin in New York whom I hadn't seen since I was nine years old. He was my mother's oldest sister's uh, second son. No, oldest son, oldest son. And Jack Gelber is his name, or was his name. He's gone now. He was a playwright, and he and Edward Albee were the, uh, the fathers, co-fathers, of the off-off-Broadway play. Mm -hmm. And uh, it began with a play that he wrote and directed called uh, The Connection. Mm -hmm. 
became a movie later on in the, in the 60s. Well, I haven't seen him since I was a kid, and all I had was his phone number. The only other people I knew in New York was newsies, a few news, people, mm-hmm. news guys. One of them was Peter Jennings. I did go to see him. But the first thing I wanted to see my, my cousin, I called him up, gets on the phone, and he says, who is this? Who is this? I said, your mother's name is Molly, and my mother's name is Celia, and their sister says, oh, my God, it's the Cub Scout. <laughs> he made it home alive. Yes, I did. So he said, look, I have a whole bunch of people here for dinner. We're just starting to serve in a few minutes. If you left, you are here. And I told him, he said, if you, just, if you left right, right now, you'd be here in time for dessert. We'll save you a plate. So I went to his house, apartment, very posh apartment, 86 in West End. I had a doorman. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I went up in the elevator, third floor, fourth floor, get out of the elevator, and coming from the door in front of the elevator is the most amazing music I've ever heard. It wasn't recording. It was one person playing a, a, a violin and oh, another wow. playing a cello. And they were husband and wife, and they were on the Juilliard String Quartet live practice. I said, I'm in another world. Hmm. I knock on the door and a lady, a woman in a maid's costume, not a uniform, a costume, Mm -hmm. opens the door and uh, I'm ushered in and she takes my coat and Jack stands up. Apparently he had called either his mother or my mother. I'm not sure which, because I had never said a word to him about my commission. So this is my cousin Marvin, a former Cub Scout who just returned from Vietnam with the Battlefield Commission. So he introduces me all in the room as Al and Susie and Norman and Bill. I lost track of all the names. Sits me down between a tall blonde, very attractive blonde, and a somewhat shorter, curly-haired guy, very piercing look, kind of a brooding look. And they bring me a plate of food, and as I'm about to stab a potato, this guy grabs my arm. He said... Battlefield Commission, huh? So you must have bayoneted quite a few babies. I took his hand off and I said I was a photographer. He said, well, you must have burned a few villages then. He jumps up, balls his fist, says, come on, fight someone your own size. For the record, he's about four inches tall and about 30 pounds heavier. <laughs> so I wasn't going to fight him on his turn. If he took a swing at me, I was going to throw him over the table. Yeah. Never got that far. Three men grabbed him, shoved him in his overcoat, put his hat on his head, put and the blonde got out, and they all pushed him out the door. I said, my God, what's wrong with that man? Oh, that's Norman Baylor. He likes to fight when he's drunk. <laughs> my, my cousin died out on that story for many years. <laughs> Marv Wolf is with us via Zoom. Marv's latest book, They Were Soldiers, The Sacrifices and Contributions of Our Vietnam Veterans, profiles 50 men and women who not only served in Vietnam, but went on to make further sacrifices and important contributions to their community and the country at large, while often overcoming the animosity that society had toward the Vietnam War. They Were Soldiers is a collaboration with Joseph L. Galloway, New York Times bestselling author of the We Were Soldiers books, and, like Marv Wolf, a decorated Vietnam veteran. They Were Soldiers, available in a hardcover 
And as an ebook through Nelson Books, an imprint of Thomas Nelson, you can also find it at Amazon.com, where books are sold online. The audiobook edition of They Were Soldiers is available through Audible. Now, that relates to a guy in the book, Dwight Livingston. Dwight Livingston uh, was drafted, got his draft notice, immediately went down, joined the Air Force. He thought maybe become uh, get some training as a traffic controller. Yeah, air, air, traffic controller. air traffic controller. But he was 6'3", so they put him in the military police. He spent his whole year defending the United Air Base. He and all the other MPs were the first line of defense. Before he ever got to Vietnam, he spent a year where he was trained. And every time, he didn't have a car, and every time he'd get a little pass to go into town, people would come by on the highway, give him the finger, and spit at him because he was in uniform. When he came back from Vietnam, he landed at March Air Force Base, which is closed now. It's about 60 miles east of L.A. And there were protesters out there throwing rocks, rotten eggs, tomatoes, screaming at them that they were baby killers. He and four other guys crammed themselves into a taxi and they flew up, they drove up to L.A. and found more protesters. Got on a plane and they flew Kansas City. He lived uh, in a part of Nebraska. And there were more protesters. The last thing that he did uh, before he got out of the Air Force was the Air Force allowed him to go on duty to a civilian police training facility. He was already an air military policeman. And he got eight weeks there uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Fort Carson is there, and there's also uh, a couple of big air, for, air bases. He was offered a, an interview in a little town in uh, Nebraska called North Platte. Mm -hmm. North Platte is a river which at North Platte joins the South Platte and becomes the Platte and goes on for about 300 miles into the Missouri River. So North Platte is claimed to fame as it has the world's largest rail marshalling yard. During World War II, all the troop trains going east to west, this was an era of steam locomotives, had to stop in North Platte for 10 minutes to get water. And starting very early in the war, in 1942, the citizens of North Platte met every train, every train. They came at 4 o'clock in the morning, they came at midnight, they came at 3 in the afternoon, they met a delegation, met every train, and they handed out sandwiches, cookies, pie, and informal little gifts. This is World War II now. Mm -hmm. Nine million soldiers went through that train station. This was such an important part of North Platte's lore that it continues to this day. Yeah. Sorry, I get a little emotional about this. That's, that, that, that's, that's such okay. a wonderful story. Yeah. They teach it in their grand, in the grammar schools. Okay, so Dwight Livingston goes to North Platte. He goes up and he, he lives lives there. He's, he, he thought he'd stay there for a couple of years, learn how, how the town was, how he'd be a cop, and move on. No, they sent him to FBI Academy. They kept moving him up. He became the deputy chief. And he stayed. After he retired, they've drafted him to become mayor. He ran for mayor. He became mayor. One day, about two years ago, 
I got a dry my eyes. This is such a great story. The Chamber of Commerce gets a phone call from a bus company. This is a bus company that's been hired to bring 700 soldiers of the Arkansas National Guard. An artillery unit has very large self-propelled guns, and their guns are traveled by rail out to Montana for a uh, summer training. And now they've got these 700 soldiers, and they're on buses, and the bus company wants to feed them. And they had, pl- they had planned two stops and a couple of comfort stops. So they called the Chamber of Commerce and said, could you accommodate 700 soldiers coming in 20-some buses over the course of a day? Is there, do you have resources there to, to feed them? Boy, do we ever. They put the canteen together in 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Volunteers fall over. Yeah. They met every bus. They... Fed them, we gave them gifts just like they World War Two. And the mayor stood the door and shook every man's hand. He shook every man's hand. He stood the doorway for two and a half days because of the way he had been treated. Yeah. There's a lot of great stories in the book. I think that's one of the best. They were soldiers is living proof that the Vietnam veteran is every bit as worthy of respect and admiration as the generations that preceded them. They were soldiers. The sacrifices and contributions of our Vietnam veterans by Joseph L. Galloway and Marvin J. Wolf, available in hardcover and as an ebook through Nelson Books, an imprint of Thomas Nelson, also available as an audiobook. Marv Wolf, thank you for joining us today, and thank you and thank Joe for your service to our country. It was a privilege. Thank you. We'll take a look at this week in TV history right after this. We got another day of NBA action, and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. <laughs> That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now. 
and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-264-3168 That's 800-264-3168 Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon Gemstones of Narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information... Go to ATVAudio.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today, even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare call and see if we can help you at the timeshare exit hotline we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare 800-715-6093 that's 800-715-6093 be part of our conversation if you like what you hear have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of tv confidential we'd love to hear from you you can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.